This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. You know, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Amen? And that's what we should be going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And that's the reason why I'm preaching this, this series on Don't Worry be happy. And, you know, I call it the, the faith twins because faith should produce peace in your life and faith should produce joy in your life. Does, does anybody have any faith in the house today? Yeah. Amen. And so if you have faith in God, uh, you should not be worrying. Hello. Amen. You should not be worrying about anything, especially if you're being attacked with health issues. Amen. Because this message is going to help you this morning, I believe, to bring you out of any health issues that you might be dealing with at the moment. I'm going to say this. It's light afflictions that are momentarily. In other words, it, the, 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 the problem that we're dealing with at times, I'm going to say this. It's subject to change. And so, so, so no matter, see, the devil will try to tell you, if you're in a problem or if you're in an issue, it's going to stay the same or he's going to tell you it's going to get worse. Have you ever heard that from the devil? It's going to it's going to stay the same. It's nothing's going to change or sometimes the devil will say it's going to get worse. Have you ever have you ever have you ever felt or you felt like that, that, you know, it's kind of like when when God win. You know? Have you ever been there when God win, you know? And uh, but I'm going to I'm going to help you this morning. And so and so we should be worry free because God has done something for our healing. The subtitle of my message, the title is Don't Worry, Be Happy, part five. But the subtitle is You Are Redeemed. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. In other words, you are redeemed people. You may feel like you're in bondage. You may feel like that that you're dealing with situations that you can't get out of. Jesus is an expert on helping us to get out of bad situations. And he did that all through the Gospels. He was getting people out of impossible situations. And maybe your situation may look impossible. Maybe it may look bad from the human standpoint, but from God's standpoint, it's easy. God can heal cancer as easy as he can heal a common cold. Because you've got to put the big C, Christ, over the little C, cold, cancer, or whatever the enemy is trying to put on your body. Christ, the hope of glory in you. The big C. Somebody say the big C. So I'm talking to you today about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Let's look at my text this morning that we're looking at. It's Galatians 3, 13 and 14. You're probably familiar with this text. It says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curse is everyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise 
of the Spirit through faith. Now, when I read this, I, I see here that Christ has redeemed us because Jesus, you know, became a curse on the tree. He was cursed so that we could be blessed. He looked cursed on the cross. It looked like God was not for him on the cross. It looked bad when he was on the cross, but it looked good three days later. Because Jesus walked out of the grave three days later. You might be dealing with a Friday cross experience, but just wait. You're going to have the resurrection experience very soon. And so it says here that, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. And I don't like that word might. Because that word might means that you, it might, you might be blessed and you might not be blessed. And so I'm going to say this to you today. And I'm going to make a pretty bold statement. Every promise of God is conditional. Oh, that's a, that's a bold statement. You say, wait, wait a second. Every promise of God is conditional. You've got to meet a condition to walk in the promises of God. What are the uh, conditions of walking in the promise? Well, number one condition, you've got to believe. Mm. Because if you don't believe, how are you going to activate the promises of God? Number two, you've got to obey. If you, don't, if you believe, right, the word, then, and you obey the word, obeying the word means you're really believing the word. So when you trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So we, we have to believe. So, so every promise, I would have to say, is conditioned on, are we believing? Because, because there was only one time where Jesus could do no mighty miracles. It was in his own hometown. Amen. And he preached. He, he, he could heal just, just small elements. He could heal some common colds. But he couldn't do mighty works because, the Bible says, because of their unbelief. So we got to start believing. See, the reason why I preach healing once a month, because you're not going to get it the first Sunday that you hear it. You're not going to probably get it the second time I preach it. You probably won't get it the third. In other words, and even if you're getting it, faith comes by hearing and not having heard. So to keep your faith going and to stay in faith in healing, you've got to consistently hear it. That's why my belief is that I will have a church full of healthy people. Because I don't like going to doctor visits or going to the hospital. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I, I love praying for people. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I, I, I don't like people having to go to the hospital. I'd rather them be healed. I'd rather them walk in health. And so if you're getting faith and belief and understanding that God has redeemed you from the curse of the law, then you get a revelation of that, then, then, then you will walk in the blessings that God intended us to walk in. Amen? So faith activates the blessings of God. You might ask yourself, what is the curse of the law? What does that mean? Well, the curse of the law is when someone breaks God's righteous law, this brings the curse of death in a person's life. We know this, that when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, 
God said to them, if they eat of the fruit of, of, the, uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that when they eat in the day that they eat, they would surely die. So sin always brings death. Is that right? And so what happened? Well, it reversed the blessing. The, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, it reversed the blessing from being on this planet. Amen. The blessing was over this planet. The blessing was over Adam and Eve. And it, it put a curse in this world system. That's the reason everything doesn't work right down here. Have you ever noticed things just don't work right? Things foul up. You know, I, tr- I plugged my phone in and, it w- and, uh, and you have to turn it sometimes a different way for the power to work. And it did sh- it showed the lightning bolt like it was, it, was, it was charging the other night. And when I woke up, my phone was 1%. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. I said, why don't we live in a world like this? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there? Like, why? It's just things just don't work right in this world. Just things. There, there's it's just this. Don't get used to this place because this is not your home. See, I, I think the reason why there's problems down here and issues, there's devils and crazy people. Can I get a witness? There might be one in your house. Amen. There's crazy people. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, uh, but if there's a reason because God wants to reveal to us that this isn't our home, that there is a there is a better place. Some people say uh, earth is like heaven. It, it's far from heaven. Has, can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. So 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 we see here the great news is that 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 if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not under the curse today. You're under the blessing. Don't be like bad luck slept rock, you know, uh, which is a cartoon. And he always had a cloud covering him, you know, and, and you don't you don't you don't want to be one of these. Things, uh, everything's always negative. Everything's always going bad. Always thinking negative. Don't be thinking like that. Start thinking positive. You know, be like Tigger. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And Winnie the Pooh, you know, he was always excited. He, he was bouncy. He was excited about life. We need to be more like Tigger, glory to God. Can I get a witness in the house today? God writes my material, by the way. Amen. Don't blame me. Amen. And so, and so, and so I have good news for you today. That, 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 that the law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So when we receive Jesus... We are redeemed from spiritual death. That's good news. Because people without Jesus, if they don't get Jesus in their life, they're going to miss heaven. They're going to, they're going to have an eternity without God in their life. And I, and, and I don't want that. You don't want to miss heaven. So receiving Jesus gives us eternal life. I like what it says in Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. This is New Living Translation. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Think about that. That's what having a redeemed life. We're free. Somebody say I'm free. I'm free. From the penalty 
of our sin. And the main penalty of our sin, the main sin that people are going to go to hell over, it's not going to be adultery or lying or cheating. It's a sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So really, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are translated, glory to God, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son's love of light. You're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. You're not under a curse. You're under a blessing. I'm going to have to get this CD myself. You are under a blessing. I like what it says in Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, so sin has a wage. Sin has a payment. And that's death. But thank God Jesus paid the payment. I'm preaching to somebody today. On the cross so that we don't get the penalty of hell. We get the blessing of heaven. This should make somebody happy in the house today. And I like what it says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, the New American Standard. It says here, therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Think about that. So, so, so there's, there's two laws working. On this planet, there's the law of sin and death and there's a law of life in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to have to say this. I'm going to be honest with you. As a Christian, you choose what law you walk under. Mm. Oh, I'm preaching because the Bible says choose this day who you serve. Blessing or curse. Amen. Life or death. You choose. So we can choose by, by how we choose. By believing, by believing God's promises and obeying his word. So when we believe God's promises and we obey his word, we're under the law of life and we obey his word with a good attitude. Doesn't the Bible say it's the willing and obedient that eat the best of the land? So when we're when we're hearing God's word and we're doing God's word with a good attitude. Can I get a witness in the house today? Because sometimes the devil will try to get you to have an attitude in following God. Can I preach to somebody today? Sometimes, you know, we get we get upset. Oh, man, I got to I got to do it right. I got to obey the traffic laws and I got to stop at the, at the stop signs and I got to do all that. I got to wear my seatbelt. I got to do everything right. How come the de- how come the world gets away with everything? Well, the world's not getting away with everything. There is a judgment day. And sometimes we think people are getting away just because people are doing things that are wrong. And the judgment hasn't hit. The curse hasn't hit. Doesn't mean it's not going to hit. Because God is merciful and he gives time. That's the reason why your kids aren't as bad as they could be. Because your prayers are keeping them in a good place with God. Can I get a witness in the house today? So your prayers are, say my prayers are making a difference. Amen. So, so there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. No condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, number two, what, what eternal life brings us, what the blessing brings us, uh, it brings us prosperity. Uh, it, it keeps the poverty out of our lives. 
So when we receive Jesus, we are redeemed from poverty, and that's the part of the curse of the law. And really, no Christian should be walking in poverty. Well, that's a couple of amens, amen. <laughs> but you say, can I walk in barely making it, <laughs> Pastor? No, you, you, there is a place in our life where we can be in a barely make it, just barely making it, but we should be progressing. Can I get a witness? We should be moving from the land of not enough to a land of just enough to a land of more than enough. Amen. Can, can I get a witness? We, we need to keep moving. You know, yes, we don't stay in that place. We can start off in a place where we're in the land of barely enough. But if we need to keep moving in a place of just enough, and then we will move in a place of more than enough. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And so, and so when we get that revelation and we keep pressing into the promises of God, we won't be stagnant in our faith. See, see, the worst place you can be as a Christian is stagnant in your faith, that you're not moving forward in your faith. In other words, you're, you're, you're holding on to, to your own personal life instead of giving it to God. You, you have too much of you in your life. Oh, I'm preaching today. And you need to have more of God in your life. More God, more peace. More God, more joy. More you, more uh. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. See, the, the one thing you don't want to believe is your own press release. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Just because people tell you you're good, don't start believing it. Because, because that's the test for pride. You're not as good as you think you are. Mm. Amen. In other words, if there's any good in our life, my Bible says in Psalms, that goodness always comes from God. Can I get a witness in the house? So don't think that you're good because of your own merit. You're, you're only here today because God brought you here. Oh, I'm preaching. It's not because you're so good. Oh, I'm preaching today. Amen. Is that right? I got, I got an amen lady over here. Amen. And so, and so we, we see here that, 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 that uh, eternal life brings us, take, gives us freedom of poverty. Uh, I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You may be saying, well, pastor, you just preached last week that Jesus never lacked for anything, that he had a treasure, that he had money flowing in his ministry, and that he was always invited to people's houses, and he invited himself to people's houses, and, and, he, got, and he was walking in the blessing. Yes, but this right here, you've got to look at this. Jesus became poor in two ways. Number one, he became poor by leaving heaven. Because heaven is streets of gold. He came to dirt streets down here. Uh, 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 heaven is pearly gates. And we got wood gates down here. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Heaven has, has uh, no weeds. And there's lots of weeds down here. So you can say that Jesus left the, the riches of heaven to come to a dirt poor earth. That's one way he became Poor, But another way he became poor wasn't when he was walking with his 12 disciples taking care of every need that they had for over three years. Glory to God. No, no. He became poor when he went to the cross. That's when he was stripped of every earthly thing that he had. He, they took his robe from him. 
It would be like an Amanti suit. It was a valuable robe that uh, soldiers gambled over so that they could, they didn't want to tear it. Why? Because it was nice. And I guarantee you the soldier that won that robe ended up getting saved because it was the anointing of God on that robe. And that, 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 that soldier became a preacher. Because whatever, whatever you touch that God touches, God will touch you. Can I get a witness in the house today? Even the chairs that you're sitting in are anointed. Glory to God, because I pray over them. Amen. They're anointed. And that anointing of God's coming on you. Say, I have that anointing. And so, and so I have great news with you that, that, that if you just trust and obey, if you just believe and obey God's word, you can walk in the blessing of prosperity in your life. See, it, it, it just doesn't come on us. The blessing of prosperity is tied up in tithes and offerings. I talked about this last week. And you may say, Pastor, you sound like a broken record. You keep talking about this. Uh, why are you doing that? Because I'm going to keep talking about it until we all are doing it. Oh, I'm preaching. And it says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now. This says Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you will have not room enough to receive. The tithe creates the blessing of living under an open heaven. Uh, 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 So so we get a revelation. So if if we want to walk in an open heaven, start tithing and giving offerings. That's trusting and obeying. That's believing and acting. Because faith without corresponding action is dead. So when you are doing these things and you're operating in the laws of sowing and reaping, glory to God, uh, God will bless your life. I want to preface this and say this. The tithe is not, we don't tithe because the law that, you know, I, I'm tithing because I'm under the law. No, you tithe because you love. Amen. Not because it's under law. It, it, it's because you love God is the reason why you give your tithe. It's the reason why you give offerings because you love God and you love people. To the degree of your giving is the degree of your love. Can I get a witness today? If you don't give much, you don't love much. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. So if we're givers and the more generous we are, the really you say, well, no, that's not true. I'm a prayer. Yeah, but you can pray all day, but not do the word. And, and it's just vain repetition. Oh, I'm preaching today. But you got to do more than just praying. You got to be acting. Oh, can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. So you got to be acting on the truth of God's word. Amen. And so we're, we are under a new covenant and it's the covenant of love, not the covenant of law. Loving God and loving people should be the motivation for every good work that we do. Can I get a witness in the house? Say, when we receive Jesus, we are redeemed from the curse of sickness. Now I'm getting into my message. Glory to God. When we, it was just a little appetizer, okay? Is that all right? I had to give you an appetizer before we get into the main course. And so when we receive Jesus, we receive, uh, uh, we're redeemed from the curse of sickness. I love Jesus' first sermon. And you could say that his first sermon really was 
uh, his mission of why he was down here. On his, in his first sermon that he preached, after he came out of the wilderness, he was endued with power from on high. He, he was endued with the power of the Spirit. And he says in Luke 4, 18 and 19, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news or the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I love this because when Jesus was born uh, in that manger, uh, the angels were flying around over the shepherds. Do you remember that scene? And they were singing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. This right here, he's saying peace on earth. Jesus is bringing peace and goodwill to us. Can I get a witness now today? And so this first uh, uh, message that Jesus preached, and it was out of Isaiah 61, he preached, he preached to, to set the captives free. And when he says here, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, oppressed means sickness. Another uh, word for oppressed is sickness. God, Jesus came to set people that were sick free. In Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice it said that, that Jesus was healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Well, well, some say that sickness is satanic oppression. Now, I'm not saying that if you're sick, it's always a devil because it could. Jesus healed people and cast devils out to heal them. And it could be organic as well. Jesus just healed people. He didn't cast demons out. But 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 all sickness probably derives from Satan. You know, Satan's probably most likely behind most sickness. And so we got to get a revelation that Jesus came to set us Free, glory to God. I like what it says in 1 John 3, 8. It says, he who sins is of the devil and has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might or may destroy the works of the devil. So what are the works of the devil, you might ask? Well, the works of the devil has to deal always with death. The devil always deals in the arena of death. And death equates to every negative thing that, that the humankind will deal with. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so I like what it says It's in John 10.10, which is the dividing line of the Bible. What does that mean, the dividing line of the Bible? That means it reveals what the devil's uh, mission is and what God's mission is. So here, it says here, because sometimes people think God's blessing is sickness on people. Some people really believe that today. Not, not people, hopefully, in our church, but some people believe sickness is a blessing from God. Amen. I heard about this one person that died. Of, they were a Christian. They loved God with all their heart. And, and so they believed that sickness could be some type of blessing in their life. And they heard, they thought they heard this from God. Well, I can trust you with this sickness. I can trust you with this cancer. So you got to be a good martyr and die with it. And that person died with cancer. 
Why? Because they believed that God was putting it on them. They believed the lie that, 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 oh, I can trust you with this. Doesn't it sound good? I can trust you with you having cancer. I can trust you with you having this sickness. I can trust you with you having blindness. I can trust you with this. So, so, you, so be a good martyr and live with it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't be on that type of thinking. No, Jesus paid the price so that we wouldn't have to deal with these issues in our life. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So we see here that, that the devil's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. God's job description is to give us life and life more abundantly. So, so, so we got to get a revelation of this, uh, that, that sickness is not a blessing from God. Healing is a blessing from God. And, and, and healing is the key. Now, notice 1038 again. Notice it says this, that if, if sickness was a blessing from God, would 10, Acts 1038 would read more like this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing some who were oppressed by the devil. So if, if, if sickness was a blessing, the, the word all would have been, would been translated some, but it's all. Why? Because Jesus is interested in healing all and not leaving anybody sick. Amen. So, so we got to get a revelation of the new covenant of healing, that, that we have a covenant of healing. Amen. And God doesn't get glory out of people's sickness. Oh, can I get a witness in the house today? It doesn't bring any, any glory to God for people to be sick. Amen. I know that's a strong statement today. Uh, I don't believe it brings any glory. to God. I believe what brings glory to God is when people get healed. Mm, I'm preaching today. Because we see here in John 9, 1 and 7, uh, we see here that Jesus is, it says here, Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered in him, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Stop. So this man was born blind. Why was the reason? Well, it wasn't because of sin. Sin was not the reason for this man that was born blind. Why? why, why? It was for the works of God to be revealed. In other words, it was for God to come in and heal this man. It was for, to bring glory to God. Amen. What am I saying? We live in a fallen world, a cursed, sin-filled world. And sometimes this cursed world, sometimes the curse will try to come upon us. Oh, I'm preaching today. We're not in heaven. We, we don't have uh, uh, renewed bodies. Amen. We don't have glorified bodies. So our bodies are subject to the elements of this world. And because our bodies are subject and we're in a world that's, that's uh, a fallen world system, the enemy's running rampant and he's trying to put sickness, disease on people if they're willing to take it. Can I get a witness in the house today? And we got to be very careful that we're not allowing him to put sickness on us. So Jesus received glory by, by healing that blind man. Uh, there's another place in Luke 13, 10, and 10 through 17. And I'm not going to read this account, but, but there was a lady that was bent over in the church. 
and Jesus uh, prayed for the lady that was bent over in the church, uh, in the synagogue, and, and the lady received her healing. And then the Pharisees got upset and said, well, you shouldn't be working on, on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, you bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Remember that? And then Jesus said, shouldn't a daughter of Abraham, of Abraham be released on the Sabbath, whom Satan has bound for these 18 years? Who, 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 who did the binding? It wasn't God. It wasn't God's will. It was Satan's will. Satan is the one that caused that lady to be bent over for 18 years. But Jesus came to reverse the curse. Come on. Come on. I'm preaching today. Jesus came to reverse the curse. So it reveals that, that where does sickness come from? I, it, right here. It comes from the devil. Right. It, it's not, God has no sickness in heaven. Can I get a witness in the house today? Let's look at our main text this morning. Back to Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So you've got to think about this. What is, again, what's the blessings of Abraham? Well, if you look at Abraham's life, he, uh, I would say the blessing of Abraham is rich relationships. Amen. Number one, he had a great relationship with his spouse uh, and, and with, with uh, Isaac. And also, uh, he, he walked in health. He lived a long life. He lived a fruitful life. Glory to God. He even uh, uh, got married again and had more kids. And, and so he lived a fruitful life and a long life. Doesn't the Bible say, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation? Amen. And he was wealthy. So if that's the blessing of Abraham, shouldn't that be the blessing for us? Amen. Why are, don't fight against the blessing. No, no, no. You know, believe that the blessing is for you. And in Galatians 3, 29, it says, if Christ then, if if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Somebody say, I'm an heir. Ooh, that's a good word. Amen. In other words, you have an inheritance. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I got an inheritance. Because not only do we have blessings down here on this earth, but we have blessings in heaven. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so we have eternity in heaven. What promise... What the promise is, uh, is talking about, again, is that God wants us walking in the blessings of wealth, health, and eternal life. Now, the most powerful scripture that I could focus on, and really I believe is one of the most powerful scriptures uh, pertaining to us being redeemed. Do you know where we're going at this morning? The one of the most powerful scriptures. Does anybody know where I'm going? Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 reveals the power of our redemption in Christ. What Jesus paid for. In other words, some of you need to memorize this verse. You need to put this in your arsenal. When the enemy starts coming against you and starts putting all manners or some manners of disease on you, you need to go to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says this. Surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, spin of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. In other words, faith is always in the now. It's not in the future. You say, I have it now. And so he says here, notice it said he it says in the Amplified, surely he borne our griefs, sicknesses, weakness and distresses, carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Uh, and we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten with God and afflicted with leprosy. But it was he that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to attain peace and well-being for us was upon him and by his stripes. That, w- that he was wounded, we are healed and made whole. Glory to God. So that's the Amplified. So we can take these scriptures and we can break them down this morning. Can, we, can I break it down this morning? Can I break some of these scriptures down for you? Because, I, because it says here in the Amplified, he bore our griefs and sicknesses, weaknesses and distress, and he carried our sorrows. What does that mean? That means that if he bore our griefs, we don't have to grieve. We don't have to have sorrow. If he bore our sicknesses, we don't have to carry that. If he bore our weaknesses, then we don't have to be weak. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. If he bore our distresses, we don't have to be in turmoil. He carried our sorrows. Amen. We don't have to carry them. Glory to God. When you encounter problems in a bad report, you don't have to get upset and stay upset. Can I get a witness in the house today? Because Jesus bore every negative emotion for us on the cross. So we don't have to partake of negative emotions because, come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. We can walk in the peace and the joy that God intended us to walk in. Jesus paid for our sins so we can receive, well, here, uh, he paid for our peace and our sickness. Amen. He also paid for our sins to receive our forgiveness. He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. So if he was wounded for our transgressions, if he was bruised for our iniquities, that means that he took the penalty of our sin. That means we have forgiveness of sins because of his wounds. So we receive, not only do we receive peace of God, we receive healing to our bodies. uh, uh, we, We receive forgiveness of sins that equates to the abundant life. And then, and, and then, then he says we were chastisement for our peace. Again, he hits peace again. Jesus was chastised. Remember, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? So that we could be accepted. So that we could walk in the peace of God. Glory to God. And then he goes in it again. And by his stripes, he talks about healing in the beginning of this verse. And he talks about healing in the end. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I like what Peter said, looking back at the cross. He says in 1 Peter 2.24, Who himself bore our sins on his own body and tree, that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So Peter was looking back to the cross. He was saying, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. we got to stand on the finished work of Jesus. What he paid for 2,000 years ago, we can walk in it today. So how are we going to walk in in this kind of faith? I'm glad you asked because I'm trying to get it in here. Amen. Mark 11, 22 through 24. It says here, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have to speak to our mountains and we're going to have to believe and we can't doubt and we got to expect 
it to happen. In, in Mark 11, 22, 24, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Does anybody have any faith in God in the house today? You've got to have some. If you're going to do the impossible, if you're going to receive the impossible, I'm preaching it. I'm about ready to get it down here. My, if you're going to do the impossible, if you're going to receive the impossible, you're going to have to have some faith. You're going to have to have some faith in God. I'm trying to shake you up this morning, glory to God. Get some faith, glory to God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And these have faith in God. Because Jesus did the impossible. He cursed the fig tree. He cursed it and it withered the next day. That's the impossible. Your words can cause the impossible to come into your lives. And he says, I, says you, and he says, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Stop. Glory to God. That means that your words are a self-fulfilling prophecy. I heard somebody said the word I am is the most power. The phrase I am is the most powerful phrase in the English language. Now, I don't know if he was a Christian, but he said when you use the word I am, you better be very careful what follows it. Amen. I'm preaching today. In other words, God presented himself to Moses as I am that I am. And so whatever God is, we are too. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, I'm going to the next level today. If God is, is, is strong, we are strong. If God is loving, we are loving. If God is slow to anger and abounding in, in love and kindness, so are we. Amen. Amen. Are you? I am. So whatever you, whenever you say I am, the words after that will predict your future. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching today. I am blessed. I am sanctified. I am delivered. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I I am prosperous. What are you saying after the I am? Can I get a witness in the house today? And he says here, speak to the mountain. Are you speaking to the thing that's attacking your life? Because you have the power to speak to it and command it to get out of your lives. And so he says here, speak to the mountain. And he says, doubt not in your heart. But, but believe those things you say will be done. You will have whatever you say. I've said this before. You've got to say it three times more than you believe it. And the more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. Then he says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them. That means you, once you pray, you believe you have received them and you shall have it. You have to have, believe that you have it now before you see it in the future. Say, I have it now. You might be saying to yourself, God, but, but pastor, I've been doing some of these principles. I've been speaking to it. I've been believing the best I can, but it's still, it's still hanging around me. <laughs> have you ever been there? You said, man, I've been doing that, pastor. I've been doing that. Uh, well, listen, I've got some scriptures for you because these scriptures will help you when you're in a place of waiting on the Lord. Amen. In Galatians 6, 9, 6, uh, verse 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap 
if we do not lose heart. In other words, don't give up in the process of receiving the promise of God's blessings in your life. Don't throw in a towel. Don't give up. Don't let go. Continue to hold on to the promises. In Hebrews, it says, do not become sluggish. That's a a, uh, different word, sluggish. Another word for sluggish, don't become lazy. Don't become lazy. Don't become weary. Don't become weary. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And you say, what do you mean imitate those through faith and patience inherit? Well, 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 look at Abraham. It took him 25 years before he saw Isaac, the promised child. We, what you saying to me, Pastor, i got to wait 25 years? I'm not saying you got to wait 25 years. But if you're willing to wait forever, you won't wait very long. Oh, pre- oh. If you're willing to wait forever, I'm going to say this again, you won't wait very long. Because you are so steadfast in your faith, you're going to have what you are believing God for. Glory to God. So don't become sluggish. Don't become weary. Don't become tired of doing the right things. I like what it says in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. It says, it, it says in Hebrews 10, 35, 36, Do not cast away your confidence, for you have need of patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promises. Amen? So, 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 we have need of Do not cast away your confidence. In other words, keep your confidence in God. Believe that God is watching over his word to perform it, even though it may not look like it's happening. Believe that every word that comes out of God's mouth, he will make sure it will come to pass. Do you believe that today? And I'm going to, my final point, if you're still doing all this stuff, then, then you've got to check your love walk. Because if you're not walking in the love of God and maintaining the love of God, the curse of God, the curse, not of God, but the curse of this world system can come on your life. If you're, if you're walking out of the love of God, one step out of love is one step out of, into sin. You see, see, love motivates us to do things. Love motivates us to do the word. Fear keeps us back from doing the word. Can I get a witness in the house today? And, and, and I love this because if we lose our, our love, then if we walk out of love, then we're walking in sin. If we walk in sin, then the curse will start to come back in our life. See, see listen, you can speak to the mountain. You can believe. You can do all these things. But in Mark eleven twenty five 25 through 26, that just follows these powerful scriptures. Jesus is saying, Whatever, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. What am I saying? I'm saying unforgiveness will short circuit the redeeming life that Jesus paid for us to have. Can I get a witness in the house today? We got to make sure that we're walking in the love of God, the mercy of God. In John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give you, that you loathe one another. No, it doesn't say that. That you love one another. Have you ever been there and you're, and you're stuck in line and you say, Oh, these, all these people. 
And you get upset because people are, sometimes I'm working out and some people are on my machine. I say, oh, these people. We're supposed to love people. <laughs> people aren't supposed to be our problem. <laughs> Amen. We're supposed to, can I get a witness in the house today? Is that just me? Is that just me? Man, all these people. If it wasn't so many people. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think the reason why you guys love this church is because we're, we, we're not totally overflowing. You guys can find the seat. Amen. And I love this church. I got room. I got elbow room. Glory to God. Amen. Sometimes when you get more people, you get irritated. Can I get a witness in the house today? It's kind of comfy and cozy right now, but just wait until somebody sits in your seat. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be fit to tie. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm, I'm preaching to somebody today. I've had somebody said, get out of my seat. This is my seat. A visitor coming into church, get out of my seat. I'm like, what is going on? No, no, these seats belong to every... It, it's first come, first, first serve, amen? First come, first serve, amen? And so a new commandment I give you is to love one another. Jesus says it this way. So uh, in Mar- uh, he, he says it this way in... Um, Glory to God. In Romans 13, he says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. I love that. We owe no one anything but to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Think about that. When we love one another, we fulfill the law. Fulfill the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment or sum up in these sayings, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You see, it's, 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 your love walk towards God will keep you from going into adultery. Your love walk for God will keep you from from doing all these wrong things. Why? Because it's the love of God that constrains us, that keeps us from doing the wrong. We don't follow the commands because we don't want the curse on our life. We follow the commands because we love God. Can I get a witness? It's not because we are afraid of the curse. No, no. Listen, my, my biggest fear is not, is not the, the curse that can come on my life. My biggest fear is not having the presence of God on my life. Oh. In other words, I don't want to do anything that will keep the presence of God on my life. I've got to have God. I've got to have God's presence in my life. I've got to have his grace on me. I've got to have his anointing on my life. I've got to have the peace and the joy. I'm not going to sacrifice walking in unforgiveness and lose my peace and lose my joy and lose the benefits of the kingdom of God. I'm not going to sacrifice those things. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to... Pray for my enemies. I'm going to do good to those who despitefully use me. I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to walk in love. And when you do that, you'll walk in the fullness of the blessings and you will see healing in your lives. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you, Father God. there's, There's our part and your part. Our part is to believe your part is to do. And I thank you, Father, for those that's in the audience, perhaps those watching online. And, and you know you need to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to walk in the blessings of God is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so the way to do that is to confess Jesus as your Lord. So pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus You died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus 
You were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 